The Andy Staples Show is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Want to go to the SEC Championship game and see LSU play Georgia? Want to go to the Big Ten Championship game, see Ohio State and Wisconsin? How about the Big 12? Oklahoma and Baylor? All within your reach with GameTime. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Staples Show Overreaction Edition. The college football playoff rankings are out. The last one that doesn't matter. When they release them on Sunday, they'll count. <laughs> they'll determine who plays in the playoff. They'll determine who plays in New York New Year's Six Bowl games. It's going to be a whole big thing, but it's a whole big thing right now because these rankings set up a very, very interesting weekend. And to talk about it, I bring on the Athletics Oklahoma beat writer Jason Kersey because Jason's going to be right in the thick of things, covering the Big 12 championship game, covering the Sooners and Baylor, two schools that hope they will wind up in that number four spot when all is said and done. But Jason, it really seems like it is Utah, if they can beat Oregon and win the Pac-12, or the Big 12 champ. Alabama's loss seems to have set this up. It's very interesting. You're in Norman, Oklahoma. How much politicking is is Lincoln Riley and, and his crew doing, or are they just saying, listen, we got to worry about this Big 12 championship game? You know, it's interesting, Andy. Uh, I, when I covered Bob Stoops, he was uh, very much, uh, a, a, he turned in very much into a politician at this time of year. Uh, he did it through the BCS era. That was, I wasn't covering him then, but I was following him then. He did it then, um, and he did it during some playoff years. Um, I, well, I, I guess he did it one playoff year, 2015. He would have done it, and, and uh, uh, that was the only time he actually made the college football playoff. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit off track here, but um, Bob Stoops was a wood politic, is what I'm saying, for positioning and polls and all those things. Lincoln Riley doesn't really do that, and in fact, he specifically said this week uh, during his press conference on Monday that he wasn't one to politic. They, they wasn't really going to do that. He was just going to sort of... Uh, let the game speak for themselves, uh, et cetera. So um, I don't expect that he will do that much. I Now, having said that, who knows what might happen uh, after um, after the Big 12 championship game on Saturday. If Utah beats Oregon on Friday night and he's sitting there in his postgame press conference, maybe he uh, rethinks that strategy a little bit. But uh, I, I don't know. It feels to me like the Big 12 was the, the conference that the committee held in least regard when they started doing these rankings. But after the the Baylor kind of market correction they made last week where they jumped Baylor up five spots after they beat Texas, they went from 14 to nine. It felt then like they were considering the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 on a little more equal footing. But the Pac-12 group stayed above because Oregon was up there until they lost to Arizona State. And now Utah is sitting there closest to that four spot and, and hoping Georgia loses to LSU. Uh, are you surprised that the Big 12 had to kind of climb its way up or did, did, did it need to? Yeah, I, 
I've gone back and forth on this a little bit. I mean, I honestly, I sort of thought last week after they did that with Baylor, after they jumped Baylor into the top 10, I, I sort of thought at that point that maybe they were setting, the committee was setting things up to eventually have the Big 12 champion jump up ahead of, of Utah. Um, and, and so what, honestly, what I kind of thought might happen tonight is I thought they might do it tonight because if they do it tonight, then next week, maybe it's a little bit easier to explain to Utah fans uh, if they do it tonight and then next week, they don't have to make that change at the last minute. Um, but they didn't do that tonight. So they obviously, I mean, it's just obvious that they vow, they believe the committee as a whole believes that Utah um, is better than Oklahoma or more deserving, better, whatever than Oklahoma of, of a playoff spot at this stage. Um, I don't know if that changes after the Big 12 championship game. I always come back to Andy. The 2014, the first playoff year, when t- yeah, I, that's what I was about to say. They yeah. sure as hell didn't didn't do it the week before to prepare TCU. Yes, because they went from three to six after beating Iowa State. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly yeah exactly right because um, I, I always come back to that because what I remember about thinking that was so weird that they did it that way. Uh, TCU beats Iowa State, but Ohio State wins very impressively in the Big Ten title game. And what Jeff Long said, who was the chair at the time, I. Remember remember him saying, I think on ESPN or on the teleconference, that uh, you know it may seem weird, but we start over every week, and we now now after after Ohio State beat whoever they beat in that Big Ten championship game, TCU plays Iowa State. The complete resumes are there for everybody. Now we can examine everybody's completed resumes, and now that we're looking at this holistically, uh, the complete resumes, we think that Ohio State deserves it, and we also think that Baylor or TCU should drop from three to six. So maybe that's how they could explain it next week if they do jump the Big Twelve champ. But uh, but I I think it's going to be difficult to explain to Utah if 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 Georgia loses and uh, and Utah wins, you know you would think that they should be in. Yeah, it, it is going to be very interesting, and it and it does kind of track the way that 2014 thing tracked. It was it was you, Ohio State beat Wisconsin 59 to nothing with Cardell Jones in at quarterback, uh, and and what nobody remembers about that game, and I was reminded of last week, Wisconsin was favored in that game. So that that was it was it was a shocking <laughs> result, and I think that that's what changed some things. But that that was wild because I did the Big Twelve double that day. I was at TCU Iowa State in Fort Worth and watched them hand a trophy to Gary Patterson, and then I drove down I thirty five and was at Baylor Kansas State that night and watched Art Briles scream at Bob Bowlesby on the award stand because I mean Baylor was the Big 12 champ that year. They just refused to acknowledge that because Baylor had the same record as TCU and had beaten TCU head-to-head. So they really were the champ, but the Big 12 wouldn't say it. Fortunately, this year, that's not an issue. You know, the the Big 12's going to have a champ that they call a champ. The Pac-12's going to have a champ that they call a champ. And if that champ is is Utah, it's going to be a really interesting thing. Uh, Mullins was asked tonight, Rob Mullins, the, the current chair of the committee was asked tonight what the difference was between Utah and Oklahoma. And here's what he said. You know, we, we spent considerable time on it. Um, more time than anywhere else on the board. Um, there was plenty of debate. You know, obviously when you look at o- Oklahoma's resume, they have the win against the number seven team on the road with, without a key wide receiver. They also beat uh, Oklahoma state. And when we look at Utah, you know, we see a season-long balance of very consistent play on both sides of the ball. Um, Very dominant wins. 
and their only loss is on a Friday night on the road at a, a, a number 22 ranked team when a key player on offense missed the majority of the game. Okay, Jason, so that is the explanation. Now, two things jump out at me, and they're both involving key players missing, and, and they, they clearly think that's important. So that would be C.D. Lamb against Baylor, and that would be Zach Moss in the loss to USC. Uh, now, Oklahoma won on the road against a really good team despite not having C.D. Lamb. Uh, Utah did lose to USC without Zach Moss. One thing he did not add was that Matt Fink, USC's third-string quarterback, was the one doing all the damage to Utah's defense that night. But since then, Utah has just been smashing people, and they look so complete. And I don't know, I don't know how you feel, Jason, but it seems to me that the committee values completeness, and this is why they have Ohio State ranked ahead of LSU because that they saw the Ole Miss game and it kind of freaked them out a little bit uh, about LSU's defense. It seems like being the more complete team matters to them. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fair to say. I think um, I, I certainly think that's that's part of it. I mean, I, I and and I try to like really be measured here because obviously I'm not following Utah extremely closely. Like I'm following Oklahoma extremely closely because it's the team that I cover. Um, so I don't want to. Um, I, I don't want to come off as as biased or as you know beating the drum for Oklahoma, but what I would say is is that Oklahoma has you know one of the best offenses in the country and the number twenty six total defense in the country. They had a couple of bad games, but the defense for Oklahoma has won them games this year. So um, I, I I think that Oklahoma has been a pretty complete team for the most part as well. I think I still think there's a perception out there, and I don't know if it's this way with the committee, but certainly and you know I think nationally there's a perception that Oklahoma's defense is still terrible. But Mike Stoops is not there anymore. <laughs> Mike Stoops is uh, an analyst. He's getting coffee for, for Nick Saban right now. So Mike Stoops is not involved in, <laughs> in this at all. So um, I, I think that that's something that, that maybe gets lost um, a little bit. Um, and so, you know, but I, I, I don't know. And the other thing that I don't, I guess I, I don't understand is, is what, what is more important to the committee? And, and they give kind of conflicting, I think, uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. It seems like they're a little bit conflicted on this because do they value quality wins or do they value so-called quality losses? Because Oklahoma's loss came to a Kansas State team that is not ranked. Um, that's eight and four. Uh, Utah's loss came to a USC team that's eight and four but is ranked. Um, uh, but Oklahoma has all a, a lot more quality wins, I would say, th- than Utah does. So, but then on the other hand, Georgia has the worst loss of any of these contenders, and they're ranked they're ahead of both Oklahoma no and Utah. So it's just right, weird. I don't. I just don't get it. Yeah. 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 It's weird because uh, Georgia's in if they win. Like there, there's not even really a debate about that. Yeah. And you're you're right. Uh, it's it's strange also because I think if UCLA, which was Oklahoma's marquee out-of-conference opponent when they made the schedule had been what Oklahoma thought they would get when they scheduled them, then then we're having probably a different conversation, although Utah also played UCLA, so I don't know if that, that would matter as much. But Utah did not play a Power 5 team in the non-conference. They did play BYU, and it's interesting because BYU's profile, uh, you, you look at the record and you're like, oh, I don't know. But you, BYU beat USC, Tennessee, and Boise State. So... The win over BYU, you look at their record, and you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. But but it becomes more impressive when you see 
who they were capable of beating. So I, I think I think it's going to be a hard decision for them. But one thing that jumped out at me with, with what Rob Mullen said was the, the C.D. Lamb part of it. If they're playing with C.D. Lamb against Baylor, same team that that they narrowly skated by on the road without C.D. Lamb, and they beat Baylor by two touchdowns, do they say, okay, with C.D. Lamb, this is a better team, we think, than Utah, or this is a closer team to Utah than, than what we thought before? Because it does seem that like that matters. Yeah, I, I think so. Although it's sort of interesting, CeeDee Lamb's been back for the last two games, but really hasn't done much. He, he, you know, they've they've relied so much on the run. He hasn't even really been that involved. So, um, but but I do think that 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 matters a little bit. But then on the other hand, if if Oklahoma beats Baylor by two touchdowns with CeeDee Lamb, Baylor may not be ranked number seven, and that win may not look as impressive. Like I, I just I, I there's so many factors at play here that it, that it's really tough uh, t- tough to figure out. The other thing, uh, coming back to the scheduling part, um, that's interesting to me is. Uh, when Oklahoma played Houston in week one, they had Derek King, um, and everyone thought they were going to be one of the better group of five teams, right? And then uh, now they've right. completely fallen apart, and they're not nearly as impressive uh, as they were. So I wonder, you know, do, does, the, does the committee look at that as, oh, well, he, Oklahoma beat a Houston team this time going to a bowl game? Or do they look at that as that was the Houston team that Derek King was still playing for? I, I don't know. These things are all so confusing and complicated to me. Well, the thing is, if you go back and look at Houston with Derek King, they weren't all that good either. So I, I don't know that they're gonna they're gonna give him too much extra credit on that one. I want to get back to your point about the Oklahoma defense. So for those who don't know, because uh, I, I got this question in my mailbag last week about well, what's Alex Grinch really doing for Oklahoma? Uh, he's turned them from horrible on defense to pretty much okay on defense. They are, you know, total defense is a is a misleading stat, doesn't really mean anything. So let's let's go yards per play, which actually means something. Oklahoma now number 42 in the country, 5.33 yards per play. That sounds awful, but they were number 103 in that stat last year. So that is the improvement that they've made. However, if we're comparing them in Utah, Utah ranks number 4 in yards per play allowed, 4.2 yards per play. They are only behind Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia, which are the teams that are viewed as having the best defenses in America. So that is where the committee is probably hanging its hat saying, you know, Utah's offense may not be as explosive as Oklahoma's, but its defense has been lights out most of the year. Well, yeah, and, you know, now that you mention it and look at it that way, I mean, Oklahoma's number one in yards per play on offense, 8.36, but Utah's ninth at 6.91. So it's not like yeah. it's not like there's a huge disparity there that balances it's, that out. So I do com- understand it, that. It, yeah, it's the completeness aspect that, that, that they like about Utah. Now, here's the thing. It, they're going to play – the best team they've played all year on Friday night. Oregon is better than anybody Utah has played. Uh, They have a legitimate NFL quarterback. They have a legitimate NFL offensive line. Now, they are not as good at at receiver as, say, USC, but they have a, a probably as good or better defense than USC. Troy Dye is a fantastic linebacker. I think... There's a chance that that Utah plays it, its closest game in a while, and there's a good chance Oregon wins that game. And if Oregon does happen to win, that creates a really interesting dynamic in the Big 12 championship game because it becomes not exactly a play-in game because you still have to know what happens in the SEC championship, which takes place afterward. But 
the winner, Baylor, Oklahoma, it would seem would be in position to be number four if Georgia loses. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely. I think obviously Georgia has to lose because I, I was actually toying around on the 538 thing uh, earlier today. And, and, it, and it like when I clicked on Oklahoma and Utah winning and Georgia winning, it actually earlier today, and I don't know how often that algorithm changes or if they change it after tonight, but it actually had uh, LSU as falling out, which I can't imagine would happen. That I, is not yeah, happening. That, that's really surprised me. I was like, okay. 538 like that that's that that's over that you're you're uh thinking a little bit too much there because uh, LSU was getting in I I guess if Georgia wins by 40 but they're not going to do that so um and even if they do I still think you could that would require them to score 40 (laughs) yeah right exactly Exactly. 40 and I just can't see that happening so yeah this is this sets up a really interesting and and so we've talked about Utah and and Oklahoma a ton because they're five and six but what about Baylor because they certainly seem to be in as good a position as anyone if Oregon can knock off Utah is Baylor good enough to be in the playoff if they knock off Oklahoma talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all for the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Staples and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Staples to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Staples for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash Staples. I I mean, I think they have as good a case as anybody. I mean, their non-conference schedule was pitiful. They barely beat Rice. Awful. I, 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 I know all of that stuff, but they are a better team now than they were at the beginning of the year. They've won all their games except one, which was a very close loss to it. The team ranked right above them, and they have a chance to avenge that, kind of like Oklahoma did last year. They you know, ended up being able to say, we beat every team on our schedule because they played Texas a second time. So Baylor would be able to do that if they were to beat uh, OU on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I think a 12-1 and Big 12 champion is always going to be in the conversation. They may not get in ahead of Utah, um, but, uh, you know, I think I uh, I certainly think they would uh, they would have a case. And if, if Utah and Georgia were to both lose, I think Baylor would have to get in. I don't even know who else you would put in. So um, Baylor Baylor's a good team. That was one of the things that really surprised me. The I, I've always sort of felt like it. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way about this, but it always bothers me when ranking systems, whether it's AP coaches, playoff, whatever, uh, if a team loses to a team ranked above them, they automatically are dropped in the rankings, to which I, it I say... It drives me insane. To which I say, hey, you know what? Like, sometimes 
a team should rise after they lose to a team that's ranked above them if they play them close. And I kind of thought Baylor should have risen. And then they sort of did, like you said earlier. They sort of course corrected that after the Texas game. But I mean, I think Baylor has absolutely, if they beat OU on Saturday, they have absolutely earned the right to be in the playoff or to at least be in the discussion. So uh, I, I'm, I, I think, uh, you know, but, but I do think that early, early season stuff, uh, you know, is certainly there lingering. The other thing that I'm wondering what you think about, Andy, is the uh, is the the whole question of like how much logos matter because I think a lot of people. Oh, this least, is a this is least, a big one with because, this group because it, around here and, and you know just sort of the the talk here just among fans and people that I talk to around here, friends and all that stuff, they all seem to think that uh, if it comes down to Oklahoma versus Utah, the committee, no matter what they've done in previous weeks, will put OU in because they want the OU logo in the playoff way more than they want the Utah logo in the playoff. And I, I see that I sort of understand that, but do you think they'd really do that Would that? They'll never admit that that's a reason, but do you think that it could be? That's not why they would do that, but I do worry about that being the reason they do it. Not, not the reason they do it because of ratings or because of wanting Oklahoma in there to, to draw more eyeballs, but because in the back of their minds and in, in, in a way they're not even thinking about consciously, they're going, well, who has a better chance to beat Ohio State? Oklahoma or Utah? I mean, it's just Utah. So that that's the part. And, and listen, if Utah wins and Oklahoma wins and the margins of victory are similar and they're because they're both would be beating really good opponents and Oklahoma gets in over Utah, you will never be able to convince anyone from Utah it wasn't because of brand name. And I don't know what the answer will be. You know, it, I think it's going to go down to gut feeling on that point of who do you think has a chance to actually win a game against the number one seed or play better against the number one seed. But because the resumes would be pretty similar, it would just be really hard to parse. And I would not blame Utah people one bit if they were furious about that. Because what what they're supposed to and, and Utah actually has a really interesting history as far as this goes. Remember 2008, Utah's undefeated. Alabama goes undefeated in the regular season, loses to Florida in the SEC championship game. They play in the Sugar Bowl. You can make all the excuses you want about Alabama not wanting to be there, but Utah thumped them. Utah took it to them. And that sort of game, while this it's not these teams this season, should be a lesson to you. Don't let the brand name make your choice for you. Decide from watching these two teams, which one you think is better. Don't do it just because it's a brand name. Now, I think Oregon being Utah's opponent here, being their first very good opponent in a long time, maybe the the first one all season, may be instructive. Because if Utah thumps this team, then they probably can do a little damage against a one seed. But if they barely skate by and Oklahoma blows out Baylor, I think it'd be hard for Utah to get in. Now, here's the thing. If Oklahoma barely skates by Baylor and Utah blows out Oregon and Oklahoma gets in, oh man, you're going to, everybody who isn't an Oklahoma fan is going to say, you did it because of brand names. Yeah, you, you, (laughs) 
The, the only way the committee gets away with that is if Oklahoma wins the national championship. You know, just sort of like they got away with the thing in 2014 because Ohio State ended up winning the whole thing. Was clearly the best team by yeah. the end of it. Yes, yeah. that's true. So <laughs> that's the only way that they get away with that, I think. Um, you know, I, 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 I just remembered something that uh, somebody tweeted this at me earlier. I, I retweeted Rob Mullen's comment about, uh, about they lost on a Friday night. And somebody re- somebody responded and said, uh, "You know, 2011 Oklahoma State would like a word about that." <laughs> I, I, I was at that. I was at that game. Yeah. That was a wild Friday night. Names Iowa, and I still, you know, wish the goalpost had been about five yards higher because we then we'd actually know if Quinn Sharp made that kick. Yeah. But that was the game that gave us the playoff. Yep. Because of that game, there is a playoff. So mm-hmm. it, it it is interesting. But the Friday night thing, I. We're kind of trivializing what Mullins is saying, that that you should be up to play on a Friday night. Night games on the road on a weeknight tend to be weird. Now, this was USC, though. Usually the reason road weeknight games are tough is because it's at a place that isn't used to having that national spotlight. It's packed out. People are going crazy. That was not the case in that game. USC fans were voting with their butts about Clay Helton. They were saying they don't like Clay Helton by not showing up. And so there were a bunch of empty seats in the Coliseum. It was not the raucous atmosphere that that would I've been to some weeknight games at Rice Eccles in Salt Lake City. Those those guys bring it. So I don't know that, that the Friday night thing is as good of an excuse as Rob Mullins thinks it is, but you know I, I get that you got to have your talking points on this thing. Uh, I still think it's going to come down what happens this weekend. Uh, these things have a way of sorting themselves out. But before before we go, do we do we want to entertain the possibility of anything insane like Virginia beating Clemson or Wisconsin beating Ohio State? Yes, we want to entertain that. Chaos is the best thing ever in all this. Absolutely. Now. The Clemson thing. If you'd asked me four or five weeks ago, can Clemson get in the playoff with a loss? I would have said, absolutely not. No way, not with that schedule. If you asked me today, if Clemson loses to Virginia in overtime or by a field goal as time expires, does Clemson get in the playoff? I'd say, absolutely, they get in. They're the number four seed. Because the committee would look at Clemson and Oklahoma and Utah and go, which one of these teams has a chance to actually beat Ohio State? Oh, yeah, still Clemson. But I don't know if you heard earlier today, Dabo Sweeney said that they get no respect and nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody believes in them. Nobody believes in Clemson. So I think you're Listen, wrong, when you're, Andy. <laughs> when you're five touchdowns better than every opponent, you do have to find ways to motivate your team. So creating disrespect where there really is none is probably Dabo's best <laughs> trick. But he also advocated for naps and, uh, and, and bologna sandwiches. So I was very pleased to hear that, too. I'm a big yeah. fan of naps myself. Yeah. So I, I think... Is there, I, I got a question. I, is, is, is there any chance okay. Wisconsin could play their way into this? Any chance? So somebody sent me the scenario, and it, and it is an interesting one. Oregon has to win. Georgia obviously has to lose. And I think Baylor has to win. And then you blind resume. Ohio State's still in the playoff. I mean, they don't drop out. But then you have to blind resume Wisconsin and Baylor. And if you blind resume Wisconsin and Baylor with Wisconsin having a win against Ohio State, I think Wisconsin's in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, that would be that would be wild. A team that, that lost in a blowout to Ohio State and lost to Illinois could get into the playoffs. That there's any scenario where that's possible is bizarre to me. 
Jason, a team that lost at home to South Carolina could get into the playoff that too. just by winning on Saturday. That too. Okay, let, let's let's explore that possibility because it seems to be pretty much accepted. Nobody seems to be fighting it. You know, back when Alabama and Georgia both made the playoff in 2017, there was a big uproar when Alabama was put in at number four, uh, even though Ohio State had two losses and Alabama only had one. There was a big uproar about the idea of putting them in over over conference champs. I don't think there would be too big of an uproar about a non-SEC champ LSU getting in and two SEC teams being in this time. However, you know, I was talking to our colleague Nicole Auerbach today. She believes that the while the rank and file fan would just be like, okay, well, that's how things shook out this year. Two SEC teams got in. Behind the scenes, the power brokers would be like, listen. We got to do something about this. Yeah, I think I, I, I've actually had similar thoughts that I, I feel like the impetus, as you said earlier, for <clears throat> for the playoff was, you know, Oklahoma State um, getting and I will say it till the day I die, getting screwed out of playing in the national championship game. I believe Oklahoma State should have been in that game. Um, but uh, Oklahoma State not getting in and then putting two SEC teams in the, was the death of the BCS. I think the same thing would happen if two SEC teams get into the playoff over a one loss or one or two one loss uh, power five champions. I think that might be the impetus to get us to eight teams. I really do. And I'll say what I've said all along. They could have set up a system where all of their champions got in. Those dummies were the ones who settled on four. And it has been hilarious to watch them every year as it dawns on them that, whoa, maybe my league won't get in this year. Well, yeah, you created a system where at least one's getting left out every year. And then maybe a league gets two teams in. Maybe Notre Dame gets in. Crazy how this works. And and the crazier thing to me is like Larry Scott in the Pac-12 you should be banging the drum for expansion harder than anyone. Right. Because your league has had the hardest time getting in. If you're Bob Bowlesby and you get left out again, you should be banging the drum. The SEC will go along with it. They they, they posture like they won't, but they will. Because if you have an 18 playoff, the SEC, t- the SEC is going to think they can get eight in. Or at least three. So yeah, they'll go along with it. The ACC will go along with whatever the SEC goes along with. So if, if the Big Ten and... and Big 12 and Pac-12 decide, hey, we need to make sure our champions get in, then you can change it. You already have the votes. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's what would happen. I really do. I think that's what would happen eventually. I mean, but, you know, I don't know how long it takes to make these changes, but, I mean, I think we're headed towards that anyway eventually, but... Um, oh, just look at look at Georgia's 2027 schedule. It's, it's happening. They're already scheduling for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, this is it. It, it's gonna happen, but the thing is, we don't know when. And I think the, the hope among all the people in charge is they'd like to get through this TV contract. And it's a 12 year deal; it runs through the 2026 season. So I think they would really enjoy if they could just get through this whole contract and not have to sit around and hammer out a deal because there'd be a lot to unwind. Not in terms of TV; ESPN would happily rip it up and, and pay for something new. But with the bowls and, and figuring all the other stuff about the dates, so they don't want to deal with that until they have to. So I think a lot of a lot of the folks in the other conferences that are in charge are rooting very hard for LSU. But the fact of the matter is if Georgia wins, which with no Lawrence Cager and no George Pickens for the first half, I have a very hard time seeing the path to, to Georgia winning. But if they did, oh boy, 
Get ready. I, I, I've always wondered, like, why would you have set up a system where, uh, and it's never, and, you know, it's probably not going to happen. It never has happened before, I guess, you know, whatever. But a system where there is a, even if it's a remote 1% chance that there could be five, all five Power Five champs could be undefeated and one of them doesn't get in. I'm not saying that could happen or ever will happen. I mean, it just like there's there's that chance. So why would you, why would that system, you know, exist? Why? Because these people are are so afraid of change. Think about how long they kept the old bowl system, which was the stupidest thing ever. And then they went to the BCS, which was slightly less stupid. And then they went to this slightly less stupid. Just go to the thing you need to go to instead of just slightly less stupid. I don't understand why that's so hard, but you know, these, this battleship is quite hard to turn around. That's the only thing I can think of. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Well, Jason, this has been fun overreacting with you. I love it. That's the, that's the best part. But guess what? The best part of this though, none of it matters because they're going to play some games Friday and Saturday and they're going to do a completely new ranking on Sunday that we're also going to overreact to. It's awesome. Isn't it, isn't it so much fun? I love this dumb sport so much. And the thing is, it's probably it's probably going to end up being super obvious who the four teams should be, right? I sure hope not. I hope it's incredibly difficult and everyone ends up crying. <laughs> Jason. A, a war between the states of Oklahoma and Utah. It could happen. It could happen. Jason, thank you so much for joining Enjoy the games on on Friday and Saturday. Anytime. Thanks, Andy. That is this this Tuesday overreaction edition of the Andy Staples Show. We'll be back Friday to help preview all the games, get you ready for championship Friday and Saturday, the games that will determine the one set of rankings that actually matter. I'll talk to you Friday.